this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is my fellow host, Ariel. Hello. I'm so glad I get to say that again. And Daniel. Who's that? Uh, I always have to mess it up. I don't know who that is. (laughs) And joining us is one of our lovely, oh, so amazing patrons, William. What's up, (laughs) y'all? Who I have to, I have to make note. He's currently playing through Village, doing a speed run. And you're currently right now beating the world record, right? I'm look at the timer i'm 11 seconds ahead of world record right now so we're gonna do this entire episode he's gonna be doing the speed run while we do this episode and at the end of the episode i expect an update of how far ahead of the speed run you are (laughs) update i've died no i'm kidding don't do it um so with all that being said today's episode not only a patron episode but we're also going to be recapping the events thus far on the timeline. You could have said it a little neater. Oh? The timeline so far. So far. <laughs> well, boo-hoo. Well, well, actually. <laughs> well, actually. Oh, goodness. So who's going to kick us off on this timeline? Yo. So first off, you know, we have Code Veronica. Yeah. Like I said, it takes place three months after. So we can assume it is early 1999. Mm-hmm. Since it happened in late 1998. Yeah. Didn't it go boom on November 1st? Yeah, it was around. Around there. Yeah. yeah. I think it actually was November 1st. 
Yeah, because I remember Halloween was when you were playing uh, Jill's second half. So, yeah, we can make the assumption that it takes place in January or February of 1999. And of course, it's Claire getting kidnapped and Mm -hmm. all of that. All right, so I'm not going to go deep into Code Veronica. We've already discussed Mm. it. So after that would be Dead Aim. So before we get into Dead Aim, I have an interesting fact about Veronica we did not cover when we first talked about it. Oh, go ahead. It's Dead Aim. So (laughs) what is Dead Aim? So the producer, Shinji Mikami, and his team learned that they wouldn't be able to port Resident Evil 2 over to the Sega Saturn. That's when they actually began development on Code Veronica. So we have Code Veronica solely because they could not port Resident Evil 2 over to the Sega Saturn. Yeah, I read that somewhere, mm-hmm. actually. So Yeah, which when I found that, I was like, I have to say this because without that little hiccup, we would not have had Code Veronica. And because of Code Veronica, we actually got three. So they were kind of in development kind of simultaneously because one part of the team was like, we wanted a direct sequel to two. And the other part was like, but that's what we're doing over here with Veronica. Yeah, I'm okay with all of these things happening. (laughs) Definitely okay with it. So um, after that, you know, Dead Aim takes place. Mm -hmm. And that's on the umbrella-owned ocean liner Spencer Ring. Yeah. And this has Bruce McGivern. You remember Brucey? Oh, Brucey. So, yeah, I'm not going to dive back into all these games, but it's got dear old Brucey. Dear old Brucey. Bruce was. Uh, so. God, wasn't he the head of the BSAA for the time period or something? No, I don't think he was. No, wasn't he terrorist? Oh, he no, was terrorist. That's the protagonist. That's the protagonist, isn't it? Jesus, I'm noticing a pattern with Resident Evil. You're either part of the BFA <laughs> or you're a terrorist. <laughs> so everyone that's not affiliated is just terrorist. Terrorist. It's a civilian. Immediately nope, labeled terrorist. terrorist. No, he was a member of U.S. Stratcom. Stratcom. That's what it was. He was in operating as a terrorist, though, in the. No, no, no. Well, his methods were pretty shady because basically it says uh, he has led to many hostile situations, but in the end, he always comes out on top and usually it's on top of bodies. Yeah, so he had that's what it was. That's what I keep thinking. No filter. He's yeah, no filter action. Yeah, he commits terrorist like actions. Basically, it says first line. He goes in guns blazes and yeah. deals with consequences later. Yup. Mm-hmm. We're going to skip forward a couple years to 2002. 2002. 2002 with the Dark Side Chronicles. Oh boy, another gun game. Yeah, so this was, like I said, in 2002 and it's with Leon and Jack. Mm-hmm. Krauser. Going on their little epic adventure in South America. I wish I had played that one. It's pretty good. It's 
I love Krauser's story and his progression in it. You know, for someone who loves Resident Evil, I haven't played four or any of the side games besides Revelations 2. <laughs> Oh no! That hurts my heart. Oh. You didn't play four. That I'm sure I'm that forgetting one, but see, my thing with Darkside Chronicles is, though I love it, I do not love the fact that they basically went through and retold what we already knew that has already been retold multiple times. Because at this point. In the actual, you know, real world universe, we've had several mobile games. We've had several different retellings of the first couple stories. We've had all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't got to the mobile games yet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm playing Resident Evil 1 on my iPhone 4. (laughs) I think it was actually on the Nokia brick phones. Uh, What? You could you could get uh, one of the games joking. for the Verizon, the Verizon flip phones. I played it. It was terrible. Say psych right now. No psych. Oh my no god. Psych. <laughs> I'll have to go buy a Verizon flip phone. <laughs> I believe it was on the Verizon flip phone. You can't game unless you've used every system. <laughs> <laughs> I use. Blackberry with brick on it. I remember good old days. The good old days. And that's how I became a gamer. So, are you ready for the next one that happens in our timeline? Let's do it. Resident Evil 4. So, yeah. This takes place in... 2002 Uh, 2004 so this place takes place in 2004 in Spain with our boy Leon trying to rescue the president's daughter trying I mean he does (laughs) but she probably didn't help much uh no she didn't not at all let me tell you though this is my favorite game I mean Leon probably it's killed her like he favorite. killed the president. I mean, what? Wow. I mean, he could have. <laughs> what would it have mattered anyways? Yeah, it would have been a little bit less annoying chirping in our ears. Um, I think what it mattered would have been uh, hero versus manslaughter. Sorry, Mr. President. <laughs> your daughter got infected. <laughs> Had to put her down. Infected with a bullet. God, you guys are awful. Well, technically, it's not a lie because she did get infected by yeah, the parasite. Yeah, so did you, but we're getting off track again. <laughs> no, we're not. That's game related. <laughs> I mean, we can spend the rest of the episode the talking episode. about four. Yeah, I mean, no. I really could. We got to get to five and six here. All right. I could spend the rest of the episode talking about seven and eight. But, however, we're not going to do that because... Unfortunate. That's bullshit. <laughs> Really, I wanted to do the timeline now because seven and eight do tie together mm-hmm. with their plots and things. So I wanted to keep those two separate. From seven us. is That's why I'm not doing an over. <laughs> Y'all just don't know it yet. Jump forward to a year, 2005. Now we're on to Revelations. Mm-hmm. 
So that's, you know, with Jill and Parker and Chris and Jessica and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of them dealing with uh, the ships. Yep. The T-Abyss. The T-Abyss on Zenobia and, oh my goodness, Dido, Ditto. Dido. Yeah, it's probably I don't know. I always just called it Dido. Yep. So, and the whole Terragrisia thing. So, mm, Terragrisia panic. So that is in 2005 with Revelations. Guess what's next, Daniel? Um, Resident Evil 1. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Resident Evil 1. We have a whole time lapse thing and the, the world collapses in on itself. We go back to 1 and then 7. That's how it all ties together. Yes. <laughs> no, I think it's my favorite. I think it is your favorite. So I'll tell you the gist of the story of 5. Basically, Chris gains superpowers and <laughs> learns how to beat up rocks. Yeah. That is a wonderful (laughs) synopsis of five. This didn't gain anything but some steroids, probably. (laughs) Oh, no. The whole whole game is you testing your powers at punching rocks. I fully agree that the BSA does not drug test because there is no way that man got was itty bitty shrimp, Chris, and then all of a sudden exploded into boulder punching Superman, Chris. Okay, so real quick before you guys continue talking about five, <laughs> I just want to mention that this game starts in 2009. That is a huge jump from the t- timeline we have then. It is a huge jump. It is six years after the destruction of Umbrella and 11 years after the Raccoon City incident. Now, what I will say is for everyone listening, we'll get into this later when we get to some of the other media formats of Resident Evil. But there is an explanation of what's going on during this giant jump between these between these two. Well, I know one of them is the DLC for five, mm-hmm. where Jill gets taken off of a cliff when she takes Wesker out a window. That is a, that is all the events before five. Yes, but between the events of four and five, there's. There's little things here and there. I should say Revelations and five. Sorry, between Revelations one and five, there's little other sources of media like videos and you know movies and things like that. Yeah, Books. which we'll go over those yep. when we get to them. Yep, and we will constantly be readdressing the timeline as we go because it's easier to readdress as we get new information in bulk than it is to try to piece this all together. You know. Yeah, agreed. Do you want me to give the real synopsis for five? You go right ahead, Daniel. So basically, Chris goes to Africa to investigate things, joins up with a BSAA agent named Sheva Alomar. And blesses the rains down they, in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> they investigate umbrella activities, which turns out Tricell is partly involved in this, as Wesker is developing a new virus called Ouroboros. And in the end, Wesker is defeated in quotes because there's logic to think he could still be alive. It's Wesker. Yeah, and they almost brought him back. They really almost brought him back in six. We covered that during the sixth episode. They heavily thought about it. They were like, nah, 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 we'll leave him alone for now. But Wesker is defeated and the Ouroboros is stopped from spreading across the world. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm proud of you. That was a really good synopsis of five. I love five. <laughs> I got such a short synopsis of four. I feel like you guys were pushing me. Do you want to do a synopsis for four? No, I'm just teasing. That's <laughs> she, all I'm doing. Turns out she records it later. And she records it later and then, yeah. That's what she's going to do. It's like half hour, about four, and then ours is all cut down. <laughs> well, dang it, you caught my secret. Oh. Uh, all right. So, okay, all the events happened in mm-hmm. five. So now it's 2011. <clears throat> Two years, baby. And Let's go. Yep, and this is Revelations 2 with Claire. The better one. (laughs) And Moira. Moira. That name. I like that name, Moira. It's, I don't know. It rolls off the tongue. Moira. No Moira. I like it. I don't want no Moira. So that, you know... All the events that took place in Revelations 2. We got to see dear old Barry again. And that's that. That is 2011. And Wolf's favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. I suppose I should mention it, shouldn't I? So, before we go into it... I just want to recap real quick for everyone listening. The first events are Resident Evil Code Veronica, 1998. Then we carry... This is December of 1998. Then we carry over to the Dark Side Chronicles, which is just the encompassing of 2002. Then you have September of 2002, which is Dead Aim. Then you have February 2003, which is the Prelude to the Fall Umbrella Chronicles. Then you have, again, February 2003, more Umbrella Chronicles. Then you have Revelations 1 in just 2004. Simultaneously in 2004, Resident Evil 4 is happening in the autumn. Then we bring, that brings us to Revelations again in 2005. And then that brings us to August of 2006, which is Resident Evil 5. March 2009, Resident Evil 5. And then that brings us to Revelations 2 in 2011. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> You're like staring at me hardcore. Nothing. I was just recapping it because we went over a lot of stuff and it got everywhere. I wanted to give us a solid timeline of where we're at in the 2000s. See, I have the years. I just don't have the exact day, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that brings us to Ariel with Resident Evil 6. No, it's Umbrella Core. Oh, no. Skip that trash. <laughs> Well, I just want to mention that this takes place in 2015. Yep, skip that trash. We're not there yet. (laughs) Anyways, so, yeah, that's when this game takes place. And you got your agent 3A7 and, Mm -hmm. you know, you blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, we'll just, just wanted to mention that, you know, it took place. 
place in 2015. Uh, Still got to cover it because it's Resident Evil. Yeah, but I feel like with the timeline, I, d- I did want to say this about it. I don't know how everybody else feels, but I feel like the timeline of events that they've created for before and after, you could 100% exclude Umbrella Corps and nobody would bat an eye. Well, I mean, how many people legitimately don't know it even exists? Right. What are you guys talking so, about? <laughs> See? Exactly. Proving our point again. Oh, my gosh. It, it truly was. I, it, I legitimately wasn't listening. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Going for the gold there. Uh, yeah, no. Umbrella Corpse, I, it, it, had a game, it was a game that had a lot of potential. It really did. It was really amped up, and it did not deliver. That's all I can say about it. I, I can I can hammer that home. Sad. So moving on. <laughs> now we get to six. <laughs> and this is actually a little bit sooner, because this goes between December 2012 to June 2013. Mm. So... You know, like Leon's story and everything after that. That happened between those two dates. Are we talking about Resident Evil 6 now? Yes. Didn't, like, isn't Jake Mueller's the first, like, the very first campaign you get wrapped up into? Mm-hmm. And then it's also the last? Yeah, if you're playing it to play it all in order, Jake Mueller's storyline is the one that you should play first. Yeah. Then Leon. No, sorry. Yeah, it's Leon. Yeah, then it's it is Leon. Leon yep, and then Chris. I thought it was uh, Jake's and Chris is practically side by side. It's practically side by side, really. I mean, it's it veers off very quickly. I mean, you play the first half. You play the first half with Jake, with Jake, and then it skips right over to Leon. Oh. So it's that's it's a very convoluted one. It's easier just to play it after you play Leon's. I mean, I'm just biased. You always play Leon first, <laughs> but I'm biased. So in the real world, canonically, <laughs> I said I was biased. <laughs> oh, gosh. So. Needless to say, we have a very compared. I, I want to do a quick thing. I want I want to discuss this as a roundtable with all of us. Compared to the events of the '90s, how do you feel the bioterrorism is comparatively? Is it more ramped up in the 2000s than it was in the '90s? Is it more widespread? Is is it is it just because it's more widespread? It seems more impactful or I mean, what are your opinions on this? Well, I mean, I think to me. in the 90s, we lost, what, one city? Yeah. All right, so let's go through the list of what happened in the 2000s. We lost- <laughs> <laughs> first, I think the very first city we lost. Oh, I got to pause my game so I don't lose the timer. The very first city we lost in, 20- in the 2000s was, uh, wasn't it? It was either Terra Grigia or it was Red Oaks or wherever. The 
I think 2000s was Terra Grigia, the Terra Grigia Panic. Yeah, the Terra Grigia Panic. Then it was some Eastern European island. Then it was a city in the middle of rural America. I can't remember the name. Mm. I think it was like Whispering Oaks or something. I my memory is terrible. (laughs) And then a village in uh, a certain game we will not name yet. Uh, a poor family from uh, Louisiana in a certain game we will not name yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> so comparatively, you you're you're for that. The two thousands were much more Three detrimental. Three ships that were converted in the laboratory <laughs> gone missing, completely gone. Just oh, well, sure. we lost them like we lost a set of keys. Hong, uh, like Oops. almost the entirety of Hong Kong gone. <laughs> I'd say it got considerably worse in the 2000s. <laughs> so, so that's where you stand is that it's considerably worse. What do you say, Daniel? I say this too because there's more hands in there now. Mm-hmm. Because originally it was just umbrella, and now it's you've got. Tricells in there, mm-hmm. uh, new umbrellas in there, neo umbrellas in there. Yeah, there's yep. there's so many different hands in there. Whether they're all the same place at one point, you know, I mean, or branches of, or just entirely different Family corporations competing with each with other. Simmons on top of that, and because, just like literally controlling the world. Yeah, and on top of that, because of all these different places have their hands in the fire. There's so many BOWs spread out. We've gone from just a minimal, probably like 20 or so, just from yep. an umbrella at first, to there's probably hundreds of them that have gone over. Yep. Or variants of certain ones. So, mm-hmm. so many different changes that I'm surprised BOWs aren't just their own species. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just different variations. True. So, what's your take on this, Ariel? Well, to kind of go off on my own little thing, but it still has to do with viruses. Because I don't, you know, it's all, it's going to be the same answers. So mm-hmm. I love the complexity of the viruses later on. Yeah. I love how, I know it's, you know, bad, but I love how, oh, what am I trying to get at? My brain is not here. I love how, it just seems more they've almost gotten it perfected mm-hmm. and yeah it sucks for us as the players because we have to deal with everything that's coming at us but it just as the games go on the viruses just get that much closer to perfection Yeah, and I love that aspect of it I love that they aren't just slapping the names on viruses that still do the same exact thing. They're actually evolving this as the games go on. Yeah. Yeah. And to add, you know, info to that, I believe a huge reason to that is the research project that was Resident Evil 1. When they sent the special tactics, you know, team in there to evaluate the BOWs. Special tactics and rescue so sorry service service um when they sent them in there for the evaluation purpose of figuring out if these bows are going to work in battle or not that data was also part of the data that wesker took and ran off with and seemingly sold it to several companies 
And because of this, it teams into we have all these other cookie, you know, hands in the cookie jar, so to speak, which do create a ton of different mutations, which is closer to perfection. So, I mean, we can all agree that the 2000s is significantly worse than the 90s. But let me ask you this before we go to mid-break. No. (laughs) So, though it may be worse, do you think in the 2000s there was a more influential villain than Wesker? Yes. No. So we have two opposing ideologies here. William, who do you think was more of a... In the current timeline we're talking about, who do you think was more influential villain? I think if Simmons didn't get infected by the C-Virus, he'd been much further advanced than Wesker. <sighs> See, I have to disagree solely because Wesker was not held back by emotion. I to disagree with the perfect <laughs> person. Not to say you're wrong, I just disagree because Wesker wasn't held back by those emotions. I mean, you're right. He wasn't held back by his emotions. Mm -hmm. But he was also a cringe soy boy. (laughs) Making your argument invalid. No, I'm kidding. Um, No, I completely believe that if Derek Simmons, honestly, even with the infected sea virus, he pretty much became an apex predator. Let's be real. True. I mean, he didn't die and he learned to control the sea virus. Wesker wouldn't have shit on my man. Simmons. What do you think, Ariel? No, Wesker. Wesker's the better villain. (laughs) And I say this because. Sunglasses. (laughs) Always smoking that doink. So I say this because of just his sheer intelligence. That alone. Because, okay, you're not the strongest B.O.W. You're not the fastest. You're not. But it takes intelligence to get through all of that. You know? So you don't have to be the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. As long as you're smarter than your opponent, which Wesker was always smarter than everyone else at all times. Yeah. And he's not dead yet. So, you know, he's got that going. I feel like if emotions didn't have play in it, Derek Simmons could be a much better version of Wesker. If he wasn't so tied down to Ada, I'd say yes. There's a good potential. They both have a good. They both have a good running, strong running. What do you say, Daniel? So overall, I go with Wesker because without Wesker, we wouldn't have a lot of what we have because he continued everything. Yeah. He, his whole game basically spread this further than it needed to be. Like he orchestrated Umbrella's downfall, even though he worked for Umbrella at one point. He was like, hey, "I'm going to do this on my own." So, but had. Brute or Derek been given longer time frame. Wesker had all these other games to do his thing. Mm-hmm. Had Derek had multiple games, then maybe he would have been a better villain than Wesker. But we didn't get a lot of time with him, so yeah, I don't think we can base it solely on on him having the one game. Yeah, to give him like 
I mean, I understand the opinions, but I just don't yeah. think he gets enough time frame. While Wesker's had the nine, 98s or 98 to yep. to 2000, what, nine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To build up and be a big villain. Well, well, and nobody's nobody's saying anybody's opinion's wrong. That's yeah. the brilliant part of the bad opinion. Yeah, we can all have one, and we can all be right at the same time. Well, first off, you're wrong. <laughs> Second off, <laughs> Derek Simmons actually had practically the same amount of time. Well, here's you gotta, you gotta here, remember he ordered Raccoon City to be blown up to cover up. Umbrella's doings. Here's here's what I'll I'll propose. Daniel almost had it, in my opinion, with the Wesker outsting Umbrella. I firmly believe, and this has been supported several times in the game through documents we get, you know, little little hidden things you read, and even some of you know, like the Wesker reports and things. Wesker did this. He took down Umbrella, not because Umbrella held him back, but because he couldn't get what he wanted from Umbrella. He understood and knew that their research had hit a plateau point. And the only way he was going to get any stronger viruses or anything closer to the perfect human was going to be outsting the research to multiple people to have multiple agencies working on it at the same time. Because remember, Wesker's whole goal in this was to become the perfect specimen. To become a god. To well, become a god. Yeah, because he just looked at Leon. Excella. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I want to throw out my little opinion here. Mm. Rethinking it, I think Ada is the best villain. <laughs> I don't think Ada's a villain. I think she's more of an anti-hero. <laughs> I don't like but that. she always always gets what she needs she wants this virus she gets it she works for you know different companies whoever gives her the most money or what she wants oh goodness I don't know I still it's Ada I mean Ada and might be the smartest alive. one here and and <laughs> damn Ada might have a point injected with any sort of virus that we know of they even copycatted her they even copycatted her. <laughs> Honestly, if Cart, if 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 Rames didn't die, that'd be it. I mean, oh my! Goodness. Think about it. Carla Rames had access to multiple weapon systems to spread the sea virus worldwide. Mm-hmm. That'd have been that'd have been it. Wesker ain't have nothing on that. Well, the thing was, is that uh, Wesker's DNA had already proven immune immunity. Yeah, so. That would be... We're getting into a whole nother tirade, and we gotta, gotta jump to a mid-break here. So, let's jump to our mid-break, and then when we come back, we will go into further in-depth discussions and more questions about the current timeline of events. Well, welcome to the mid-break. Daniel, what's the first thing we do in the mid-break? We go home. False. Ariel, what's the first thing we do in the mid-break? Drink some tea. No. William, what's the first thing we do in the mid-break? Uh, uh, merchandise. <laughs> no! All wrong! Merchandising. <laughs> merchandising. Merchandising. No, we have to thank our patrons. 
we have those. We do. One of them's with us right now. Right. We've been talking to him this whole time. Thank you to our <laughs> VIP patron, William Jackson. I don't know who that is. We'll find out soon. <laughs> More details later. William already said it for me. So to continue, Williams, thank you. Uh, we have to thank our all access patrons, Chris Slate and Remington Cloutier. So uh, thank you to everyone who is a patron in all seriousness, uh, including you. Good old well, I am. Uh, it's it's nice oh, just gotta to be able to do this. <laughs> it's nice to be able to do this. And it's nice to see the patrons supporting us. And with all those funds, we can do better and cooler things. Which one of those things we're going to be announcing next episode is the winner of the Resident Evil Village copy that we're giving away. We've been talking about it for a while and because of episodes and we had to miss some things and I get off track a little bit, but it's all right. I've been keeping track. And to everyone that did the competition, we're going to announce next episode midbreak who the winter is. The winter? The winter. It's summer. It's very cold. No, it's Ethan winter. Ah, you see what I did there? Get out. That's game. Okay, later. sorry. <laughs> but anyway, on all seriousness, thank you so much to our patrons. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens. We got. I've gotten some wonderful feedback. Um through discord through twitter we're always getting people messaging us and it's fantastic and we love it i uh, just had a fan of ours today ask us how can they help us to support the podcast and i told him just share it that's the best thing you can do for our podcast is share it share it leave a comment or review it really does give us the momentum we need to be discovered out there and it really helps other people find us <laughs> say what i'm really out here forgetting to tell people about it <laughs> Dang it, William. <laughs> but with that being said, it is now time for merchandise and news. And we're going to start with Daniel. All right. So <laughs> if you wanted to relate, relive a great game. Oh, good lord. The website easycustomcar.com has Resident Evil Umbrella Core custom car seat covers. but they say umbrella core but to me it doesn't say i'm like doesn't ring umbrella core to me (laughs) it rings umbrella corporation unless that's what they're referencing yeah but they put umbrella core because it's umbrella corpse i'm like yeah so So on these are black because i own a pickup truck mine were actually bigger and and uh included the entire words well, this one, these ones that don't have any words other than on the side, they say EC Custom Cars because they make well, them. Yeah. But they are black and they have lots of umbrella logos on them. Oh, those are really slick looking. Yes. So normally they are, I believe, $99.99, but it looks like right now they're $69.99. And I believe nice. you get a pair. Yeah, a set of two. It says it's a universal fit. So they do ship to many countries. And that is on easycustomcar.com. So if you want to dress your vehicle up in umbrella logos on the seats, mm. definitely get them. Or if you want to send them to us, we have many vehicles. We can oh, my in. gosh. No, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, wouldn't you shit yourself if like one day somebody <laughs> sent us stuff? I bet he would feel bad. He'd be like, oh, now I got to get them something. It's I've Daniel. been thinking about it. 
Like, I was thinking about buying, <laughs> I was thinking about buying like the full set of viruses my next paycheck. <laughs> Daniel's just going to get one showing up at his doorstep. Oh my God, I didn't think it would ever happen. <laughs> That's fan dedication. Oh my gosh. Well, continuing on our normal course, Ariel, did you? Don't tell me what I did and didn't do. Okay. So I read an article. Yes! She said it! <laughs> Much like I always do. And this one comes from Video Games Chronicle. And the title is Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7 PS5 versions appear on PSN, suggesting they'll be released soon. So that's pretty exciting news. Mm -hmm. So Capcom announced in March that the games would be coming to PS5 and Xbox Series XS this year, although release date wasn't confirmed. But as spotted by PlayStation Patch Tracker, at PlayStation size, all three titles have now appeared on the PSN as PS5 games, leading to speculation that they could be released to coincide with this week's Summer Game Fest showcase or Capcom's own digital event next week. Hmm. So be on the lookout for those titles, all you lucky people out there with PS5s. Because <laughs> I don't have it. one. Yeah, we don't have one yet. We need to get one, though, because we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I have, I have three. I'm joking. I'm poor. I was going to say, now you just broke all our hearts. <laughs> I have the original Xbox One, and you think I got a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, continuing on with the momentum, William, I heard you brought some merchandise. Oh, God, you're making me do this now. Yeah, I am. Boss fight. Ha, ha, ha. All right, so Amazon. Ariel's going to love this. Twenty four ninety. Uh, it is a stars badge and wallet that comes with a, a stars uh, badge in it, but like, like one of the little imbued one or imbued uh, was it embroidered? But on the other, oh, so side, it's a so it's like a cosplay version. Yeah, you can choose. Uh, your ID card, for some reason, it has Leon's. I don't know why, but that, <laughs> that one's just an RPD ID card. So, I don't know why it would be there. He never got one. It was his first day. You know, Jill and Wesker both have versions, too. But their pictures are the PlayStation 1 Mega Blocks picture oh so, for, for 24.90 that's not a bad price for it though it's just a real leather just I don't know maybe it is real leather I'll send you the link Daniel so you can put that in the show notes that'd be you need to send that to Ariel <laughs> <laughs> I don't edit them I don't edit them it is real so it is real leather Oh, you can send it to me and I'll send it to Ariel. You can do that. I've already sent it. I've already <laughs> sent it to I'll send it to you too, Daniel. Oh, gosh. Right. Well, on that note, I have some news 
that I'm sure everyone is already chatting about. The RE4 remake was confirmed like we knew it would be. We've been talking about it all year since we got the original scoop. We said it would be coming out and lo and behold, with the last state of the play, state of the play, uh, we got our RE4 trailer drop. So I've got some inside scoops on what to expect. Highly potential from the RE4 remake game. So this comes to us from windowscentral.com. And I'm only going to read a few blurbs here. Uh, One of the blurbs is that Capcom notes that the team is reimagining the storyline of the game. So this being said, you can already imagine that it's going to be, which we all assumed, it's going to be kind of like the RE2 and RE3 remakes. It's not going to be a step-by-step, beat-by-beat kind of remake. However... Capcom has gone on to say it is also focusing on keeping the essence of its direction. So we can probably expect smaller deviations or additions to the game. And like we discussed earlier when we were doing the RE4 episode, there were parts that were taken out because the game was already determined to be too lengthy. So I imagine since Capcom already knows that RE4 is a huge success they're probably going to be adding all the stuff that was taken out back into it and making it maybe hopefully just that much longer of a game. Well, Aaron, what was taken out? Well, there is no confirmation of what in fact was taken out other than a couple pieces of fan art or not fan art, uh, a couple pieces of like concept art and things that you can find in the Resident Evil 4 art book. But there the original writer had said that a couple of pieces that he had written for the original story was completely taken out because Capcom said that we need to make room we need to cut time so that being said the last thing I have to report on RE4 is that it is also being developed it is not a PlayStation exclusive game It is also going to be developed for the Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, and PC. So, this means that everybody who was freaking out going, it's going to be a PS5 only exclusive. Not true. Don't freak out. It's going to be on all the next-gen consoles, and still our PC gamers are going to have fun with it, too. And all of this you can be expected, hopefully as long as the line continues and there's no issues and edits you can expect it at the it seems like beginning of next year March baby March so of course I have to comment on this you know of course I have to comment on this all I'm gonna say is I already have the expectations of them cutting things Mm. I already have that expectation but I am still super excited to see what they do with it. I am too. I am too. It's. I think all of us are. We're really anticipating this. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm gonna beat it that night. We're gonna. Have, I'm. I guess I'm calling in from work that day. <laughs> if my boss is listening to this, I'm not calling in to work that day. <laughs> Well, with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump to the end of the episode. And I've got some more questions for y'all. 
and welcome back to the end of the episode. YouTube. Boo. <laughs> so I've already asked my question of which timeline do you think is more destructive or detrimental? I've also asked you the question of which villain is the most influential between the timelines. The next question I have for you is which virus, if allowed to spread massively, do you think would have caused the most destruction between these two timelines? Either C or G. I will not I be. Actually, I don't. I don't know. I'm between C and T Abyss. Well, T Abyss was pretty pretty gnarly. <laughs> T Abyss, if it could spread. Yeah. I noticed in the games a lot of complaining about it killing the host before it could spread properly. So, as Wesker stated, Ouroboros would be one of the worst ones. <laughs> because if it doesn't change you, it kills you. Of course, it won't bring you back. You'd just be dead. Yeah, see, that's the T Abyss all over again, though. It's just. I'm honestly going to have to go with G here because G will mutate you and there is no cure. I do yeah, have a G. And I'll, well, there a cure. But <clears throat> they say what now? I'm Sherry, so. Oh, yeah, I'm not. Th- uh, yeah, that's right. There is a cure for G. No, no, she was not cured. Sherry was never cured that of the G virus. That stopped. Yeah, she was vaccinated. She was stopped. It was stopped from mutating, but she was not cured. So she still has the G-Virus strain in her, and we see that in 6, actually. So I think, because you have to think with that with that same thought process, there's not enough antivirus to go around yeah. that quickly. And the monster so even- E or C would create would be deadly to the point of, even if the military got involved, there would be mass casualties. Well, and what we've noticed from the other games is the mil- that- doesn't get involved. Yeah, and even if they did, they're not properly trained to take down BOWs. That's why BSAA exists to begin with. Same thing with Stratcom. Can, Stratcom uh, exists because of B, B, you know whatever whatever uh, BOWs. All you want, I've <laughs> I've seen a video of my grandfather playing with what I can only assume is like thirty pounds of plastic explosives. <laughs> like during Vietnam so I'll, I'll have you know they're equipped to just do whatever the hell they want to do at this point well we're not talking real life I mean if it was real life it'd be a different story but we're talking obviously video game world because the military is made out to be very incompetent in all forms of media <laughs> in, uh, in, in uh, Resident Evil yes yes um, so that's the United States military at this point. I think they've just switched over to the BSA. <laughs> yeah. So with that being asked, my next question is, so we talked about most detrimental virus out of the, all the timelines, which of the timelines do you prefer for Chris, Claire, and Leon. What do you mean timeline? So at which point in the timeline, because these three have been consistent throughout the timeline, at which point in this t- in the timeline altogether 
which point do you prefer the character? Uh, Leon, definitely Resident Evil 6. Have you seen his face? <laughs> you know? The man is beautiful. <laughs> uh, Ariel has to agree with me. Resident Evil 6 nailed uh, the graphics for Leon. I, uh... I like Leon in every single graphic, so... Oh, my God. <laughs> Even Block Leon was handsome. <laughs> so, Daniel, which... For all three, not just one, for all three, what is your favorite version of them? So, separately, um... I'd say I like Chris in five. He mm-hmm. hasn't, he's lost Jill, but he's not to that point that he was in six. Where he's broken and just done. Yes. So he's still okay, which, but then he gets Jill back. Mm-hmm. So I think he's at a good point there. He's, he's to me stable. He's accomplished a lot. You know, he's fought plenty of BOW. So I think to me, that's in my opinion, the best version of Chris. Yep. Even though, you know, he's good later. Um, Leon would probably be between four and six he's had an established timeline of fighting things because you know the second game and two he's mm-hmm. not established fighting them Man, like he's thrown into this makes yeah and then the other one was claire claire yep well claire's not as much of a of a like fighter as chris and leon and them I mean, she still hold her own. We've seen that in the games. Mm-hmm. But I think she would have been better in two prior to that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she's would have attained more skill by revelations and yeah, or actually, so I should say like Co-Veronica and revelations. Yeah, but I would say two for her. Okay. So what about you, Ariel? Okay, so if we're going by the two different timelines, such as 1998 mm-hmm. and then afterwards, Leon would have to be afterwards. He's got more experience under his belt. He's more mature. I love him in, like, you know, four onwards. Yeah. Chris. I loved him in two as well. Or July. Yeah, I did. Or I do, but... He was the rookie cop that everybody made fun of and blah, blah, blah. It's, I liked him later on. Better. Yeah. So Chris would have to be from five. Okay. Okay, so the later timeline. Because who doesn't love swole Chris punching boulders? <laughs> I mean, come on. Jill would have to be the 1998 timeline. Who? Jill. Jill. Mm-hmm. Was Jill not one of the... No. Player ones? Well, okay. But back to this. I'm just going to finish <laughs> with Jill. I like her and the 1998 timeline better. Yeah. <laughs> so back to Claire. How many get- Claire would definitely have to be back in the 1998 timeline for Claire. Okay. And I say this because I did enjoy Code Veronica. I wasn't a huge fan of Revelations 2. But I think 
back in Resident Evil 2 was her I want to say strong point even though she was very strong in Code Veronica mm-hmm. but I just liked her better in 2 so that's my opinion on it really so yeah and I got to throw Jill in there <laughs> like a sandwich. Like right. a sandwich. All right, William. You already said Leon for six. What about Claire and Chris? Claire, Revelation still. Okay. She's just managed to become this almost, well, definitely smaller, but uh, almost like Chris, pretty much. Just maybe not as badass. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely not boulder punching Claire. Uh, like we see Chris. Um, and this is going to upset a lot of people, but Chris, Resident Evil 7 and 8. We- well, we're not there wow. yet. We're only doing no. the timelines we discussed. We don't want to jump into the games, but. You know, those are those are my favorite. That's my favorite, Chris. Okay. So, for me to wrap it all up, I would have to say, for the sake of Leon's mental state, before he even got into the Resident Evil series, when his girlfriend broke up with him. Because <laughs> I feel... Honestly, I feel so fucking bad for him <laughs> we all the man right he he develops a super bad drinking problem <laughs> but for skill assets everything else i would say six I'm, I'm right there with everybody else six um chris i actually genuinely prefer chris prior to the events of five um because at that point he for me he was unscarred by loss and was able to dedicate more of himself to the missions at hand not to say he couldn't do a good job and he obviously did it's just to say when he gets to the point of six he's very broken distraught and destroyed yeah he's a broken man yeah and I just I again I feel bad for him but he was more dedicated to the mission and the cause in you know the 98 timeline than he was the you know later 2000s timeline yeah he was there because he had a job games, but uh you can tell how much he's changed in uh, certain later titles we have not discussed yet yeah and then as for Claire, I actually have to agree. I prefer her in Revelations 2. And this is why. Because in the original timelines, Claire is very indecisive. In the original, like, 98 timeline and even going into, you know, Code Veronica and, you know, going forward, she's very indecisive. She's still, sh- you know, green around the gills kind of thing, even up to Veronica point. It isn't until we get to Revelations 2 where she really shows true her own colors. 
she's hence retired from, you know, the front lines of things and now is trying to do her best to do everything behind the scenes to get people who are creating BOWs held accountable. And then when she gets into Revelations 2, she's not freaking out at all. She's like, nah, I got this. She's even making jokes every once in a while during the events of Revelations 2. Like, she's like, whatever. This is not the worst I've been through. (laughs) This isn't even touch it. Like, she's total badass just walking through things. She's like, whatever. Oh, another maniac trying to kill me. (laughs) Seems like another Saturday. At that point, you know, she's just she's just so jaded and scarred by the events in her life. She's just like, whatever. I wonder. It's Sunday. Wanna happen? So, with all that being said, and all those questions asked. If you're about to end it, I have something for everyone. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have the last thing for Ariel tonight. So, my question to all of you is, what do you think happened to Jill? After five... What do you think happened? Hmm. I don't know. I can go. I can go first. All right, Daniel, go ahead. So possibly because Chris was BSAA at the time, and we saw her at the end of five, of course. I almost wonder if she could have been kept under observation by the BSAA because she was exposed to a virus, you know, and kept under control. So, or she could have decided it wasn't for her anymore. I think she's still maybe with the BSAA, but after the events of where Wesker changed her, I think maybe she's not as, she's probably still wanting to stop BOWs like she was with Chris, but you know, your mental state is probably, hers is probably so messed up because of everything that happened to her. I think maybe she's just been somewhere in a BSAA base or, you know, working with them, not as... More like a desk area instead of maybe. the front line. Yeah. Okay. Um, I personally think she probably got right back on the saddle and went BSAA again. Front line. Maybe not as heavy in the front lines as before, but I think she personally... I personally think she probably jumped right back on the front lines just because that's Jill's personality. From the very beginning, you know, you have to remember, Jill was one of the first females to become, what was it, a Green Beret? Delta Force. Delta Force, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, she became Delta Force. She, I hate how they painted her in the very original. Three did it justice, because three, she was like, whatever, I'm just scarred, but I'll fuck some shit up. But, anyway... Jill is definitely a fighter through and through. Hardcore, proven fighter. So I think she probably took some time off, but got right back in the saddle. My only issue with that, which I completely agree, I wish that she would, is why was she not helping Chris during six? Probably something they may release in another game. That was my only issue. Then. <laughs> All right, what do you think, Will? With Jill? Hmm. I definitely believe she got back into the saddle, but I don't think she's on the front lines. So you think kind of like what Daniel said, probably more of like a desk desk position or like insert of some sort of... No. 
like behind the scenes leadership old operative but not doing anything like that would put her mental state at a high level of stress mm, okay yeah so kind of what I was saying then she's just kind of taking it easy on the easier missions yeah for a little while I and that makes sense she, she's not gonna want especially after being manipulated and mind controlled and infected I mean she's not gonna want to jump right back in that saddle yeah I mean from the three remake she was that's what she was truly terrified I mean that was the opening scene was Jill being infected she's terrified of so you know to have your worst nightmares come true I, I can only imagine what it would do to you Probably. Anyway, Ariel, what do you think? So this is my opinion. Oh. Okay. So, yes, I think she definitely took a little break. Made sure she was good to go. I think she got back into the BSAA. With what? I'm not quite sure. But, and I know we can't do this. But with the events of 7 and 8, Jill always goes with Chris. Correct. We don't see her in 7 and 8. But this is my theory, and of course it's a theory, because it's not... A game theory. I think she's going to pop up in 9. 100% shipping that. I am 100% shipping that. She's... (laughs) Say what? Wasn't she supposed to pop up in eight originally? Uh, for my thing, I will give you this. Uh, originally they discussed her popping up in eight, but decided to go with Chris alone instead. And here's something since she's bringing that up, I wanted to bring up too to piggyback on her. I firmly believe that's because the relationship between Chris and Jill has been stressed to a T. Chris took a very dark turn after the events of six. Whereas Jill probably took the higher road still, I believe. And that's why her and Chris don't talk no more. I think if she does show up in nine, it's going to be some bitter rivalry between the two of them. I don't know. Chris, yeah, they're definitely fighting. Hmm. I guess we'll see. Maybe mm, I would. It would be a great plot twist to have them be the best of friends from the beginning and turn turn into almost rivals at the end. It would be definitely be some heavy character progression. <clears throat> Will ships it. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I was suppressing a call. <laughs> but you're probably right. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I like that. I like that little tidbit. I think I think you're right there. I think she's going to be in nine. They're going to have to give some sort of closure to all these characters. Yeah. Well, with all that being said, and our time growing short, I think this would be the perfect time to end this episode. So I want to give a huge thank you to all our listeners. Uh, all our fans for your support and your continued messages and your responses on Twitter and of course your reviews I want to thank you all for those things and listening and I want to thank 
our patron William for joining us. Yeah, boy. Thanks. Yeah, boy. Is there anything you want to shout out? I'm fighting for my life. Oh, speaking of fighting for your life, how far ahead of the time are you right now? I'm almost a whole minute. Thanks to. Oh! You know how Moreau's loading screen, or not loading screen, but elevator, two years? Yeah. It. I don't know why it loaded so much faster, but it <laughs> loaded like 48 seconds faster. Because everything is on a time crunch right now, that's why. <laughs> and also, Heisenberg's fight is er, fighting Sturm right now. Uh walking into the boss room with a grenade launcher well with that being said I want to thank you Ariel for coming back and hanging out with us yep so good to have you back thank you Daniel for being you (laughs) that's easy for me to do and thank you for tongue tied and thank you all for listening tune in next week Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.